almost lost the cup and you win it. The new European champions, the treble, the dream come true for you. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Football, by the hell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 30 of the Golden Boot Podcast. I'm Chris Williams. And I'm JP Rios. And we are going to be talking about Copa America today. We Last time we talked about it was before the quarterfinals. So we're going to just give a brief rundown and our prediction for the final and basically everything that's been going on with the tournament, be it bad or good. And we're joined by a friend of mine and I will say Copa America Conmebol expert, Manuel Palau, if you want to introduce yourself. Thank you. Thank you very much, JP. Yes, my name is Manuel. Uh, very, very happy and uh, yeah, very happy to be here. Very thankful uh, to you guys for having me in the program. Ready to get started and, and to, to, to do uh, as best as I can and bringing all this uh, information I have about Comebol and its magic. I love that. And I'm very happy that you're here as well. Um, JP, do you want to take this away? Yeah, I, I mean, let's go quickly with the quarterfinals because we did make our predictions and I think we were pretty much spot on. Actually, no, we weren't. We were like 50%. <laughs> okay, it was, uh, we got two out of four. We had Paraguay going through. We had, um, it was Paraguay and Brazil going through. So out of those, we were right with Brazil. Uh, then we had Argentina and we had Uruguay, uh, not to, not to make Manuel mad. Uh, Manuel knows that, uh, Edinson Cavani and Cabecita Rodriguez are the reason I want to see Uruguay do well, but I th- yeah, we got 50% of them, I think. And the ones we didn't were on penalty. So it was still pretty close by Brazil, Chile, uh, Manuel, if you want to talk about it about that game and the refereeing we'll talk in a second. Argentina Ecuador was probably the clearest out of the, um, all of them. Uh, just, I mean, wasn't much that Ecuador was going to do. Messi was as, you know, playing the way Messi usually does. Well, from time to time, not always with Argentina. Sometimes it's a very different story when he wears a national jersey. Uh, and then Peru against Paraguay, which for me is probably one of the best games in the tournament. 3-3. Scoring at the 80th, then, you know, Peru takes the lead at the 80th minute, then 90th minute, Paraguay equalized, and then the penalties. I mean, some of them were, some of them were disastrous. Some of them were great, but probably the best game so far. But I think, I mean, Manuel, if you want to talk a little bit more about Colombia-Uruguay, because you paid more attention to that. And we can also, I mean, the Brazil-Chile, I think, We'll talk about it a little bit further on because uh, we just want to highlight the refereeing and all the issues with that that Manuel also understands and knows like firsthand. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, should we start which one? Uh, with uh, which one? Uh, you tell me the Brazil. Let's or let's go on Uruguay. Uruguay. Okay, okay. Let's go Uruguay against Colombia. Very like I, I, I before the game started, I saw I, I thought like any of the two teams could go through very strong teams both of them maybe based on the group stage one would say that Uruguay was a, a bit stronger at least uh, they they finished higher in the group Colombia I was leaving a lot of doubts uh, in the group stage they just only they only won one game against Ecuador they played horrible they lost uh, their game against Peru and lost against uh, Brazil and they tied against uh, Venezuela with with more than half of the team infected with COVID. So Colombia and the group stage was really like there was n- no one would give 
anything for Colombia against Uruguay. But uh, they showed to be a very, I think, a very strong team, especially in the uh, in the defensive part of, a, of, of the field. There's no, very little generation and creation from Colombia. Of course, Hamis, Hamis uh, being left out of the squad takes away a lot of generation from the team. Uh, no one to actually give the ball to Zapata or, um, or Muriel, who were the starting uh, attackers. And the midfield was controlled by uh, Cuellar and Barrios, which are very uh, defensive players. So there's very little... Uh, generation, but still, uh, with the with the explosion and speed of of Luis Diaz through uh, the left wing, uh, Colombia managed to to generate some uh, some some football, uh, and uh, they actually uh, made it uh, made it a hard time for uh, Uruguay, uh, which again very strict to their game. Uh, they defended very well. Um, when they went up, uh, it was mostly through Cavani uh, and through De Rascaeta. There was a very little creation. Again, Uruguay is very is not used to creating a lot, uh, and uh, it was a very tight game against uh, uh, two great teams. Uh, the penalties defined it. Uh, defined the game. Uh, Colombia was better. Uh, Ospina was great. I thought that Muslera was going to be a better goalkeeper, uh, but I think he sold. He's not the same goalkeeper that used to stop penalties before. But uh, yeah, I think I think that both teams, but especially Uruguay need new blood. Uh, Uruguay has very good names in the center in the center field. You, you have Valverde, you have Betancourt, you have De Arrascaeta. But, but I think that there's something that is missing in Uruguay. With those names, there's a lot more that can be done with the team. I don't know what you think about, about the analysis overall. Uh, I think it was, it's good. I do think, in, I mean, mostly if you're looking like going forward with Uruguay, you have Cavani, you have I mean, Suarez, you also have Cabecita, which I'm going to keep talking about for the rest of my life. But all those players are already, like, older, and you need players in that position. And yeah, in the midfield, they're good, but, you know, as you said. Also, I just want to highlight in that game how worried I was that the game was going to end up 1-0 with a last-minute goal. <laughs> because on one side, you have Chemak and Chemak Jimenez, and you got Godin, and on the other side, you got Yerimina. So that could have gone either way. but. Uh, Chris, do you have anything you want to add? No, um, I didn't watch this game, uh, sadly, because I was at work. But um, no, from the ra- the match recap that I watched and the highlights and everything that I've read about it, I mean, Manuel and you are both spot on about this. Um, you know, Uruguay, you know, they basically going forward only have Cavani um, and, and Suarez. And I just think Colombia was a little bit too strong for them on the night. And um yeah, they advanced to play Argentina, which we'll get to in a bit. But um, should we move on to Brazil-Chile? Yep. Yeah, I think I saw – I kind of saw the game and we were watching it. So, as I will say, I think the biggest highlight of the day for me was uh, Gabriel Jesus absolutely ramming his foot into – ah, who – I forget who it was, if you remember – if any of you remembers, Eugenio Mena. Mena, yeah, he. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I it reminded me of when Uruguay was playing the qualifiers, and they did exactly that. It's, but it's, it's South America, South America. They love, they love this type of uh, place, and especially Javier yeah. uh, Jesus. It's not the first time that happens. Uh, remember that in the, in the Copa America final in 2019, he also wasn't off. Uh, he was also sent off, red car. 
uh, he's a uh, he's he gets very uh, he gets caught up in, in in the heat of the moment and uh, makes stupid mistakes sometimes. Like we can all we all saw the the image. Um, yeah, and and I think so that we were talking about about new blood. I think if if you can relate a team to needing new blood, that's Chile. Um, the average age for the starting eleven against Brazil is 30 years old. I mean, you have very, very good players, but old players like Mauricio Isla, since I recall, he's been playing uh, since I was little. He, he must be a grandfather right now. And, and same for Eugenio Mena. Uh, and Gary Medel, Claudio Bravo, reaching 38 years. Charles Aranguis, Arturo Vidal, Eduardo Vargas, Alexis Sanchez, great players. We've, but we heard, we've heard of them for more than, I don't know, 15 years now. I think they really need new blood because there's nothing, there's very little generation from the new from the new players. Uh, you have uh, a couple of young uh, youngsters like Sierra Alta, like Pulgar, like Vegas. Um, but there's very little, uh, you don't see like a new generation coming in and, and that's worrying uh, from a Chilean, Chilean perspective. Uh, yeah, they had nothing to against, against Brazil. Brazil, very strong team, both defensively and offensively. They are very compact. They all know each other very well. They work like a, like a, like a perfect, uh, clock. I mean, uh, that's why I think at least uh, the, Chile didn't generate many many occasions. They don't they don't have the like the human resource to generate football. Uh, the their best player is Alexis Sanchez by far, and you could see that during the first half he was the one with the magic, but he was uh, he had to be subbed off because of his uh, injury, and uh, and then Chile stopped. They stopped generating, and Brazil took over. And although uh, Chile sometimes had the ball, they didn't actually. There was no sense of danger when they had the ball. That's at least what. Yeah, and I would like to add that there's a phrase that we use in Latin America, in Latin South America, uh, pecho frío. And then knows what I'm talking about. Basically means, like, it translates to culture. It's basically like you're not playing with your heart at all. And that's what we saw from Chile. I mean, I was, I was watching the game. I was like, this is, this got, every single time Chile got the ball, they didn't do anything. It just didn't seem like they, they really cared about the game at all. And yeah, I, aside from Pitch of which I agree, they don't, I think they don't have the actual human capital or they don't have the talent to create. I mean, they don't have, they don't have Aldivia anymore. They don't have Alexis was off the pitch. Uh, they simply don't, you, you cannot ask Pulgar, you, you cannot ask Vidal to, to generate and to, and to give balls to, to Vargas, to the forwards. They simply, they're defensive players and they don't have the capacity to do so. That's at least what I think. But I, I agree, I agree. No, yeah, I, I agree with like both with both things, but I think the difference, like if you watch North Macedonia playing the Euros, they at least seem to like care. At one point, it seemed like Chile didn't. But um, Chris, what was your uh, what was your opinion and your very in depth analysis of the game and Gabriel just was trying to absolutely murder a Chilean in like right with all the cameras pointing in his face. Yes, as a United fan, I loved seeing Gabriel Jesus uh, get sent off. But <clears throat> Manuel is spot on the money here um, about Chile. I mean, in our past Copa America uh, episodes, JP and I have talked about Chile and just how this golden generation of Chileans isn't, hasn't been impressive in this tournament. And this probably is their last go at a major, um, at a major silverware together as a, as a group. And yeah, <clears throat> besides Alexis Sanchez, I mean, there, is, there wasn't much. There, they, they couldn't create much going forward at all. And 
Brazil was just way too strong for them. You know, Neymar is just running the show. JP and I have talked about this Brazilian team. Yes, they're strong. Are they as strong as uh, teams in the past? Um, like, are they really full of all of those superstars? Um, I say no. But um, yeah, this Chile side was just very disappointing. This is a very hyped up game. Um, and I certainly was very excited for it. As someone who doesn't watch a lot of South American football and to say I was disappointed by Chile's performance um, is an understatement. Uh, I watched them previously in the tournament as well in the group stages. And yeah, the disappointment just carried on throughout the group stages into the quarterfinals. Whereas on the other hand, Brazil, I mean, they play the style that you always, that you always associate with them. And um, yeah, obviously they were the favorites in this game, they're the favorites in the semifinals. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if they're the favorite for the final. But I was more just not impressed with Chile than I was impressed with Brazil in this game. Yeah. And I think that was pretty much hmm? I think the same thing. I think, yeah, I was more impressed by, by Chile's lack of ability to create than by Brazil. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a general consensus. I, and now moving on to the semifinals, the first one, Brazil against Peru. I think this one's different. I think it was just impressive that, you know, Peru didn't concede more than they did. And it's not to say that they didn't, like, do anything. They had a few chances here or there. They just weren't able to, like, you know, take advantage of them. But Brazil had – and some pretty clear ones. They had a lot of chances and some pretty, pretty clear ones. I mean – and let's be honest, this game would have been totally different if it wasn't for Pedro Gallas in, in goal. The man was absolutely incredible. I don't understand how he's playing for Orlando City right now. I like that escapes me. But he played extremely well. And Peru tried. They went out and they did what they had to do. And I mean, they weren't bad at all. They played well. They there was moments in the game in which they actually seemed to be like a dangerous team and like maybe that there was a chance that they could try and equalize. And I mean, it just didn't go through for them, but I still like, I think we were impressed how bad Chile was in the game against Brazil before this. And I think this was Brazil didn't impress as much as like Peru impressed and how much they've improved. And even if you, yes, two years ago, they made it to the final against Brazil as well, but that Peru side, they could have, they maybe weren't, I'm not saying this team is much better, but I'm just saying they played like in a much more like cohesive and nicer way than they did before. I agree. I agree what you say. And, and additionally, I want to, uh, to remember, I want you to remember that, that Peru was, was playing with, without one of their best players, uh, with, without Andre Carrillo, because he, he got injured. Uh, or, or wait, was he sent off? I don't remember. Do you remember? Uh, well, the, the point being, he wasn't able to play this game against Peru, against Brazil. But I feel that uh, Peru with Carrillo would have been a lot more dangerous because uh, they 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 needed someone to to give the ball to La Padula and to to create like that so like to to associate with with La Padula and to get the ball to to number nine. But it was absolutely no one. They just they they were they defended uh, very well. Uh, they they went to get up as a team, but they they were lacking that that like magic at the end, and I think that that magic would, would have been given by by Carrillo, 
Again, uh, Brazil, uh, I think personally that they started the tournament tournament better than uh, what they're finishing, than the way they're finishing. Uh, I think, I don't know if it's if they're saving up for, for their game against Argentina. I'm not sure, but they don't impress us. I think at least I was not as impressed by Brazil this last game. There were at times that they were completely dominated by Peru. Uh, but again, there are some things that you can really... Uh, that are very positive about this Brazil team. Neymar is absolutely great. Casemiro is what a what a player. I mean, he's so good defensively. I think they're extremely solid with Marquinhos and Diego Silva, and then with uh, Eder Militao coming in. I think they're very strong in every line. And although they haven't been playing as as well as one would expect, uh, they're still I think the favorites, the favorites to win this, uh, and by far they are so good. And Peru, a really good team. Uh, they discovered La Padula recently, and I think that they have a lot to to look forward to in the in the in the qualifiers because they have a very good team. They have a very good uh, number nine now that Paolo is is not as as young as he used to be, of course, as as fresh and a very good uh, uh, tra uh, trainer uh, with Gareca. Yeah, I did want to just uh, clarify. He uh, Carrillo did get sent off. In the game against Paraguay, and I also just want to mention uh, Manuel. You'll know you'll know him. They also could have equalized, but uh, Santiago Armeño or Medeus, the second coming of Jesus Christ, did not play well today that day. So that also really did come into effect at the end. Because once he gets, you know, once he gets scoring, you don't know what your team can do. And Mexico should have uh, called him up instead of you know, lost him to Peru. But I digress. Yeah, and I, I agree with both of you. Um, I watched this game with my mom, and I think I'm making her a Copa America fan and just a Comunabo fan in general. And yeah, we were both very, very impressed with uh, Peru, more so than Brazil once again. But yeah, my big takeaway from this game, since both of you really covered it um, very well, is Neymar. I mean, just how, how good is Neymar? That assist, the cheeky nutmeg, cutting it back for Paqueta, it was just, it, it was beautiful. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I, the reason I'm really tuning in to watch Brazil is to watch Neymar because I don't see enough of him playing in our favorite league, Liga and Uber Eats, um, you know, because we don't get the games here. And, you know, I, I'm not complaining that we don't get the games. I'm not sure that I want to watch Liga and Uber Eats, but um, no, watching him play for Brazil and just watching Brazil play as a whole, it, it's a treat on the eyes. And I'm really looking forward to watching him uh, in the last stage of this tournament. But yeah, um, All credit to Peru in this game. I was very impressed with them. I was more impressed than uh, than I thought I was going to be. When we were talking about the quarterfinals, I told JP that I was really impressed with Paraguay, and I thought that they would have beaten Peru. And he said that his standout team in the tournament was Peru. And in this game, I, I saw why. So, yeah, very impressed by them. But, um, yeah, Brazil just strong with Neymar, as always. It's hard yeah, to understand how, how, such, how, how a good team like Peru is, is one of the, I think it's, Out of 10 teams, they're number nine currently in the qualifiers for South America. It's hard to understand because they're a lot better than so many teams that are above them in, in the in the in the ranking. So they're more than Ecuador by far, I think. They are more than Paraguay, I would I would think so. And that that was shown in, in the quarterfinals. Uh, they're absolutely more than Venezuela. They are maybe at the level of Uruguay, Colombia, but still they're number nine in, in, in the qualifiers, and it's it's likely that they won't make it to the World Cup. I hope they do. And I think they can. But it's likely that they don't, and it's gonna be. It's sad. It's sad because they have a great team, a great uh, uh, trainer in Gareca, and uh, it's it's some things you can't simply understand how they're not doing better. Yeah, and 
I mean, Peru, who, you know, historically has had ups and downs as well. I mean, in 78, they probably should have been doing better in the World Cup if it wasn't, you know, a little of, um, what what was it? Um, the, <laughs> the government had to go into the locker room at halftime, something like that. We don't, things people don't talk about enough. Uh, but yeah, now we're going to go to the game that Manuel is probably going to want us to skip it, but I will give him the first, first word on Argentina against Colombia. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, very, very, I, I, I really suck with this game. I really want to, of course, Colombia to win. Uh, and you have to give a lot of credit to Colombia. I think they very they did an excellent match against a very, very strong team that is more motivated than ever. They really want to get this uh, Copa America for Messi, and uh, the entire team knows knows it, and Messi knows it. Uh, but still, Colombia, I think they 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 played fantastic football without James, without Quintero, without Falcao. Uh, they 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 still managed to to create in this game and create very good opportunities. Luis Diaz uh, playing in the left wing, such a good player forward, uh, left forward. Uh, great player. Uh, you don't see a lot of players like him anymore. Like he, he's fast with his feet. He, he's a gambeteador. He, he likes like he, he likes to, to, to throw it long and, and, and make the, the, the left back run. So he's so he's very good. I think that Colombia has a lot of uh, future with him. Barrios, Wilmar Barrios for Colombia, also a fantastic player. I think to uh, he's he. I think personally, he's at the level of Casemiro right now in this Copa America. He's so good. Uh, he is very good uh, uh, cutting cutting the play, uh, getting the ball back for the team, but he's also good creating chances. He has a very good vision. Uh, what else can I say about Colombia? I think that Ospina I was very solid this uh, tournament, this entire tournament, and, and yesterday especially as well. Uh, and uh, Borre, very good. another very good player. Uh, new discovery for Colombia because uh, we didn't have him in mind uh, because we always, we always left that position for Muriel or for another player, but Borre, he, he was very good. I mean, he's good. So I think Colombia need to go home uh, with their head up, with their chin up. They have a lot to look forward to in the, in the qualifiers. And then Argentina, uh, fantastic team. I, 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 although uh, they were kind of like dominated by Colombia at points yesterday, they, they, showed, uh, they showed how strong they are in the, in the midfield with Guido Rodriguez, with, uh, with uh, Paredes, uh, with Lochelso. They're very strong, great players, great names. Um, of course, Messi is a beast. I mean, the first uh, Argentina's goal last night was a 90% credit to Messi, uh, creating opportunities and creating chances that no other player can create. So good. And who can, and, 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 the, and I think the, the man of the match and Diego Martinez, Emiliano Martinez, um, Colombian, and it's hard to say this, but he, he's such a good keeper. I mean, he knows how to stop a penalty. He knows how to get, how, how to get in, the, in, the, in the head of the, of the, of the kicker. I mean, uh, all the credits to Diego Martinez and all the credits to Argentina. And uh, although I think that Brazil is a stronger team, I really hope that Argentina can can compete against uh, against them in, in the final. And I hope I hope they win it uh, for Messi. I really hope they do. Yeah, I I mean, you you touched on most of it. I think I do think. I mean, at some points, Colombia is a team more dangerous. I think the thing is, once you give the ball to Messi and everything, there's always going to be a sense of danger. And, you know, no matter who he has, I mean, if it's CY, you know, okay, maybe there's not as much sense of danger, but, you know, Lautaro Martinez did his best to copy Wayne there, missing the ball. No goalie, Ospina just comes out, 
he I don't know what Espino is trying to do either because he tried to go with his hands for the ball and he's like closer to half to the half line than to his own goal and then Martinez misses a one on one and smashes it like straight against who was it who did we say it was it was Barrios of course Barrios Barrios but yeah I think I mean it was a pretty good game I think I was surprised that maybe you know Borja came in that. Muriel wasn't given the chance. I was surprised. I, too. I mean, that should have been Muriel. I think that the defense was tired. Sorry to interrupt, but I totally agree with that. The defense was tired. Uh, you have very slow defenders like Otamendi playing there. Uh, I mean, uh, who, who's the other uh, defensive uh, the, uh, back at the back? It's Otamendi and... Uh, Molina? Petzela. 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 Uh, he's very slow, not fast at all. I think that the game was perfect for Muriel to come in and, and maybe generate danger in a counterattack. But, but I mean, the, the, the Rueda chose to, to put in Borja. Uh, he scored his penalty, but I think that the game was more for Muriel. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe in qualifiers, I think that he is Rueda doesn't like him at all. Uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's give him time. Yeah. And I think when you have Duban Zapata and you have Muriel, you could play them together. I mean, They play together at Atalanta. They don't always play at the same time, but you have that. And but besides that, I think if when people don't watch, I think Copa America Conmebol as much, they might have thought Argentina was going to win easily. But I think once you break it down, I mean, Cuadrado, you got Jerry Mina, Ospina, who's been great, Sanchez, and all these good players who put in a great fight. And it was a very good game. And Diaz's goal was absolutely amazing. I thought it was going out. All of a sudden, saw it in the back end. Now it's losing my mind. But yeah, once we go down to penalties, I think I what I as a goalie, like yes, that's exactly what he had to do. Martinez, like excellent job of what he had to do. He went in, got in everybody's head. Uh, maybe I was like a little bit in disagreement with how much. You know how much uh, banter was being thrown by some of the Argentina players like Messi and Martins after the penalty save, but at the moment it was fine. There's a lot of people complaining online that I saw, like, oh, had Mexico, some other country, like their goalie talked like this to them, like we would have gotten banned. I'm like, no, everywhere in the world you're allowed to get in the in the penalty taker's head. He did what he had to do. Arsenal let him go, and you know. I don't think anybody's letting anybody in the Arsenal board forget that. But it was a great game. I think Colombia yeah. and, and a what, good fight. What Diego Martinez did was completely valid. I, I think he never actually insulted a player. Only once he said cagón to Borja. But, and then, like, the goalkeeper, the, the referee approached him and said that he, he should stop using those words. But, like, the other things were completely valid. I mean, you get into the mind, into the head of, of, the, of the kicker, of the penalty taker, and that's completely valid. I mean, it's, it's a very valid technique. Uh, some so, and and the thing is that most keepers or or at least half of the keepers use uh, do that, but you, you just can't hear them just because of the stadium. But now that the stadium is empty, you actually hear all that shit. Uh, but uh, it's 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 normal. It's it's a strategy that is used. And uh, I as a Colombian don't it, it hurt. I mean, but I I I think it's valid. Basically, thank you Brazil for uh, not being able to respond to COVID properly because now we can actually hear what's going on. I like it. I like it. I mean, of course, you don't have the audience, but you can hear that, like, all that should be talked. And, for example, Paraguay's uh, uh, trainer, uh, Berizzo, El Toto Berizzo, 
he talks so much during the game and you can and I, I didn't know that until like games without audience were, were like started he talks so much he doesn't leave the player alone like it's 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 it has its pros of course and, and its cons but but yeah you can hear all the all the banner that is talked in in the field yeah and it, it's sad because on the american broadcasts they put fake fan noise Oh, like over the game so I wasn't able to hear that until after the game and I went on Twitter and uh, you know you're able to hear Martinez and Messi saying what they said to Yerimina after the penalty save but no I just love it I mean it shows the passion that they have and this Argentinian side is fired up you know they want to win uh, a trophy with Messi and I really hope they win a trophy with Messi um, but yeah uh, credit to Colombia I had a really long talk with one of my friends from uh, from back home today about uh, the game And uh, we were really impressed with Luis Diaz. Um, and I think, you know, going forward, like you said, he's going to be a huge part of this Colombian team. And I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if other major like European clubs come after him uh, and he leaves Porto sometime soon. But um, yeah, big credit to, to both teams. And like JP kind of alluded to, if you don't watch Comunable, you would have expected Argentina to win. I wouldn't say comfortably, but uh, to win. And because I haven't watched Colombia a lot, I... I wasn't really sure what to think. Like I always thought that Argentina was going to win, but I, I, you know, I just didn't know what to think of Colombia. And I was very impressed um, by the way they played. Um, you know, also impressed by the number of fouls in the game. But again, that just comes hand in hand with the passion um, that both teams had. And yeah, I was very impressed with this game. Um, you know, it was great entertainment. And, uh, you know, I think it sets a standard for the final. Yeah, and I think now we can start going into predictions. Uh, quickly for third place, Peru uh, against Colombia. I'm going to go with Colombia, not just because Manuel's here and because I really want to see them get something out of it. But I think they show they can... I mean, Peru also showed they can go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, but I think Colombia also showed that they have players who can, you know, score the goals. And yes... As Manuel said, they were missing their best player and he's coming back for Peru. But I think at the end of the day, just the depth that Colombia have and with Cuadrado and with Duván Zapata, if Duván Zapata and Muriel and uh, Barrios and Borre, sorry, play to their best, I think that's going to be too much for Peru. So I'm going to go with Colombia for the third, uh, for third place right now. I think uh, I'm also going uh, with Colombia. Uh... But I, I hope, of course, I hope that Colombia wins. But I also expect to see players that didn't play throughout this Copa America, like Campas. I want to see Morelos. I want to see two other central defenders that are not Jerry Mina and Davidson Sanchez. I want to see Cuesta and Lucumi. Uh, they're very young, and I've heard uh, they played in Belgium both in, 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 in Genk. I've heard that they're really good, and I really want to see them with the national team. So I hope that they give uh, that they give the opportunity for these players that did not were not able to to. Uh, to play during the rest of the competition. But again, I think that uh, having this in mind and everything, I think that Colombia is going to still, still win. Yeah, and I agree with both of you. After watching both teams play, um, I definitely think that Colombia was the stronger team. And yeah, it would be fun to see uh, some of those players that haven't played throughout the tournament get some time. Um, and yeah, I still think that they'll, they'll pull it off either way. Yeah, and now we're going to the big one, the final, Brazil against Argentina. I mean that that's what it seemed to be like going like me and Chris said before and it is officially now going to happen. I and look I understand I don't want to see Brazil win 
because of what, you know, moving the tournament to Brazil, what happened last time, what has happened this tournament as well with the refereeing, you know, we, I talked about the Colombia game where the referee Pitana basically puts, you know, the ball back in play, gives it to Brazil, they score, and then adds 10 minutes, or as I like to call it, until Bobby Firmino finds the back of the net. Um, the refereeing has been all over the place. There's been complaints that Brazil gets, you know, favorable decisions here or there. And I'm, I don't want to see them win, but I think at the end of the day, Brazil is going to beat Argentina just because Argentina depends so much on Messi being on top of his game. And Brazil, yes, they rely on Neymar, but they have other players. And they have, like, solidity in the back. And Argentina have shown that they, at times, have don't have it. So I think just because of the depth and just because of the amount of players, Brazil is going to win this. And, you know, if it goes down to it, maybe a referee can, you know, give them a hand. So as I told somebody yesterday, Argentina are playing with either one player or two, depending if Martinez puts in the same kind of performance. Well, Brazil is probably going to be playing with maybe 12 or 13 if, you know, the referee and VAR both on board. So I'm going to give it to Brazil. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I put Brazil winning before penalties. Yeah, I think the same thing. Uh, Brazil is too much, I think. it's They're the best team in South America by far. Uh, and although Argentina is very solid, as I mentioned, uh, I think they're very dependent on Messi. And uh, but and Brazil have this this machinery like they have they're good, they have fantastic players in all of their uh, lines. So I think that Brazil Brazil is going to be the winner. Although I expect that I really hope that Messi can win uh, this one. I think it might be his last dance uh, for in Copa America at least. So I really hope that Messi wins. But I mean, it's being objective. I think that Brazil is going to take it home. Yeah, this is definitely Messi's best chance to win something on the international stage with. Argentina because he's not going to do it in the World Cup next year. There are just too many uh, talented teams around the world. Um, so this is definitely their best chance, his best chance. You know, I think they're fired up after that game with Colombia. But as we've mentioned the whole entire tournament and this whole entire episode, I mean, Brazil is just the, the strongest team in the Copa America and just in South America in general. So I do think that Neymar and Co. And Fred, most importantly, Fred, are going to um, walk away with this one. Although, like Manuel said, I would love to see Messi win something, uh, you know, just to make the Cristiano versus Messi thing even more interesting. Yeah, so I think, geez, this scares me. We're all on the same page. This is this is terrifying. This, is, this has been happening too much. It never happens. We do not agree on nothing. Football-related. Everything else, yes. But football-related, we agree on absolutely nothing. So those are the predictions. That's the summary. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thank you, Manuel for coming on thank you very much for having me here really enjoyed it really enjoyed it absolutely thank you guys for tuning in and we'll be back next time with uh, euros coverage so i've been chris williams i'm jp rios have a good one guys and we'll see you next time